So in all honesty, we are going to start reviewing the B-Tacks from last year. As many as we can. We're working on getting some more. I brought over George C. Stagg tonight. Zeke brought over William LaRue Weller. And I said to Zeke, well, why don't we do the Weller tonight? We're not going to get to the Stag. We're trying to get in a few shows and catch up. And I go to open his Weller and the damn cork breaks. I mean, clearly, you know, if JB has the moniker of uh, Waxcracker 615, I, I know what uh, Mr. Edwards is going to go by. Cork breaker? 615. Well, you're bottle breaker 615. Because what bottle did I break? Three, four roses in a month? I didn't break them. They arrived that way to me. Sure. Allegedly. Why would I break something I was going to drink? Allegedly. Literally. Corks move vertically, not horizontal. Glass should not be slammed. How do you just shatter a cork like that? It's a new release. It's not even like a Dusty where it's been sitting up forever. It's It's not old turkey. They spent more money on their bottle and the juice inside than they did on the cork. Time to move to synthetics. What's that? Uh, the email on the back of this label. I'm going to send him a message. Go ahead. Say big ogres broke your cork. Then even have like this goofy quasi shitting grin. Of, hey, your cork broke. <laughs> Looks like we got to open up with a corkscrew. All I will say is, there's nothing better than looking at someone while they're holding your shattered cork, and it's all they have shattered, is shattered. It was in two, and all they have is a random grin going, "It broke." Payback is, uh, you know what? Man. All right. We are reviewing Stag tonight. Let's get to it. This is why we can't have nice things, Edwards. My name is John Edwards, and with me is Zeke Baker, and together we make the Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Wherever you are, whatever time it is, thank you for making us a part of your day. And before we get into this show, where we are reviewing the 2019 George T. Stagg, I want to let you know this show is sponsored by CastCartel.com, changing the industry standard in how you receive your spirits, get the world's greatest spirits delivered directly to your door with cascartel.com, whatever it is, whiskey, bourbon, scotch, gin, tequila, mezcal, vodka, whatever it is, Cast Cartel has it. They're like the Amazon of the spirits industry. Go ahead and reach out to them or go to cascartel.com. They are going to get you in touch with merchants that will send whiskey or liquor or whatever it is you want directly to your door. Also follow them on Instagram at Cast Cartel. They're constantly doing cool giveaways and things like that. www.castcartel.com. Zeke, how are you? Say hello to the folks. Well, is the non-half of dad cracking cork on bourbon. Are you still crying? I'm going to have to deal with that when I get home later. I'll give you another cork. Who's going to get the half of the one in the bottle out? You take a corkscrew and you get it out. No, it pushes them in there. No, it won't. Three toothpicks, trust me. Three toothpicks. It works. Is that like the three seashell method? It works, I'm telling you. Those that know, know. Wow. It's like that hashtag, you know, if you know, you know. I've never had a problem with the corkscrew. 
Never. I mean, you've probably never had a problem pulling a top off of William LaRue and then whammy. It doesn't happen to me every day. It's not every day I'm pulling a top off of William LaRue. Clearly, you missed the memo of it's a vertical pull, not I a horizontal. No. You tried to rock that thing like it was a glass top. I didn't rock it like it was a glass top. I twisted it. Well, I didn't need to twist. They just pull. Even the George C. Stagg did not just pull. It's like when you're a kid. They don't tell you the pinch and twist method. They tell you the pinch and pull. Whatever. Anyways, tonight we are drinking George T. Stag. It was distilled in the spring of 2004. It is 116.9, and it's barrel proof. It's 15 years, three months. It lost 56% through evaporation during the process. Thank you to our friends at BreakingBourbon.com for getting us all of this information it was actually off the still at 135 proof the barrel entry proof was 125 it was out of warehouse chikq on the first second third and fourth floor the official pdf there's a whole bunch of stuff here it was Kentucky Corn Distillers Grade 1 and 2, Minnesota Rye, North Dakota Malted Barley. The cook temperature was 240 degrees Fahrenheit. Tells you everything here. This is pretty cool. It's the the Buffalo Trace fact sheet. Oh, I knew what you were reading. It's that stuff you get into that I'm normally just like, yeah, whatever, man. But the barrel maker, I think this is more important. In 2020, I think we should talk about this more. This came from Independent Stave. It's the same every year. I know. But, you know, I think the cooperage actually means something. Cooperage, maybe, but all the other facts you read, I'm pretty sure are the same if you look at the letters for almost every release of George T. Stagg, BTEC. Okay. The grain supplier doesn't change. Whatever. The only thing I will say, though, is that if you look at this year's release compared to some of the previous ones, and uh, I, I can't take full credit for it as I was not the one smart enough to pick up on it, James at Barrels and Brews was... If you look at the last like three years or so, they've literally been pulling from the same rick houses and just moving down a tier or tiers each year. And this year they finally, I wouldn't say hit rock bottom, but they got to the lowest tiers, hence a significant lower proof, you know, just from where the water falls back into the barrel versus, you know, causing more of an angel share. James is a smart man. He is. Thought that was pretty interesting looking at it. It makes you almost wonder, is it really an abstract blend? Or is it just, hey, we got to clear out some more space this damn rickhouse is for more barrels. Well, last year we pulled these floors. What's left that's, you know, got enough age to qualify? Huh, the floor's under it. All right, <laughs> pull them out. Interesting. So we'll see where it goes next year. It's like I said, it appears at least this year got to the <laughs> the bottom of the situation, so to speak. Now, how do you feel about the fact that this is 116.9 this year? Typically, and I think last year was one of the first times it actually went under 130. I'm sure enough people are also on boards as we are, even though uh, the boards are a moving target lately. The general consensus is just, hold on, it's what proof? I mean, it's still cash strength. It doesn't have the, the wow factor. Yeah. I mean, it's like if you bought a Cadillac and it had Kia logos on it. I never think it's a bad pour. 
No. And I should mention, this one was purchased by myself for 150 retail, so with tax out the door, I was looking at 165 You know, a lot of it has to go into the simple fact of it's never apples to apples when you're considering it, buying it in the store normally and hopefully at a price versus what the secondary market commands, so to speak. You okay there? I had a mild belch, but... I think the the kicker kind of is simply plenty of other allocated releases don't always deliver what you expect for what you pay, especially in the secondary world. We all know that. I mean, we've been there. We've bought some winners, and <laughs> sadly enough, we've bought some duds, but you learn from it and keep rolling. Exactly. So let's get in here. What do you think about this one? I know we've had it before. It's not the first time we've had it. Honestly, I'm surprised at the amount of ethanol that's still on the nose of this. And this has been open. It's not hot, but for what, 116 you said? Something like that? I don't get a lot of ethanol on here, but it could be one of the things that you and I are yin and yang on. Things you find hot, I don't. I know, and I pull corks vertically and you move them left to right. Hey, I bet you were really good on New Year's Eve when you took that cork out of the champagne bottle, though. I did not have any champagne on New Year's Eve. So this was your pent-up aggression from that? Among other things. <laughs> Maybe you should learn to be a little bit nicer to me in the groups we're in, you know, kind of continuing the theme from last episode. Whatever, dude. I got Willet corks at home. They're synthetic. I'll pull that out later. I'll find a way to break them. <laughs> this is oh, dual rules. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't, I don't get strong ethanol, but I, I get a little bit there. And I mean, it could just be the fact of you want to get it when you're hitting George T. Stagg. It depends on where you actually get it. I mean, all joking aside, if I put the glass up to kind of the mustache part of my beard, I'll get a little burn that's there, but it's not terrible. I mean, like I said, I think part of that's when you know that's in your glass, you almost want to move it around until you get that. Just so you you get that. Oh, yeah. This is the big boy right here. He's packing the heat. I want to feel it, you know? And the funny thing is, I mean, it went into the barrel. It was 135 proof off the still, went into the barrel at 125 proof. It's not often that you find it's going to go down like Well, they all sat at the bottom. Look, it's all all floors one through three, I think. It's one through four. You know, when you see that, it immediately makes a little more sense. So like I say, from from that where I kind of goes, and like I say, James brought it up. I've relayed it countless times since then was... Well, are they really like blending this stuff or is it just what's next in the pecking order to be rolled out and bottled? And they know it's all the mash bill. Okay, now we're moving down to these floors and we're going to blend it together and get a certain profile. And then pretty soon we're going to go back up to the top again. You know, it's kind of funny too. I can't remember if James threw this part out or somebody else did in a different conversation, but this wasn't my theory, but I, I laugh at it. This is the reason that old charter no longer has the age statement. You think? They DC'd that so they could have age-stated stags. Or not age-stated, but obviously it's on the paperwork. When did OC-10 go away? You think? Hmm, I don't know. Made sense to me as a somewhat lay person. Allegedly. Hey, I'm just telling you. We just have to say allegedly all the time. That cork didn't break allegedly. It literally did. You didn't see it? No, I just saw the grin afterwards, which was, I'm not going to forget that for a week or two. So you didn't (laughs) see that I actually did it. It just could John John with a sideways grin and, uh, hey, did you know these corks could break? What if you (laughs) did it 
before I got here, like you could have brought it with I, a broken I, I cord. It earlier. I, I sipped it earlier. You could have broken it. <laughs> I think you broke it. You put it back in there to make it look like I broke well, here, it. Here now, we ain't talking to one of the kids. Fake news. <laughs> I think right now this is fake news. You did it. (laughs) You did it, and you set me up. That's what happened. You set me up. Oh yeah, like that movie when something happens and the the other parent comes in and asks the kid, "Like what happened, Daddy?" No, you set me up right now, (laughs) Zeke Baker. You set me up, and you get what you deserve. Uh, Well, what do you get on this? It's, It's your bottle. You can dive in first. I think the nose is familiar. You know, it's heat, but it's. Recently, when we had the Pappy Blind and we said it was more baked goods, but it was more like the dough of the bakery, this is more of baking spices. Which I guess I got fried dough technically as a funnel cake, but... Yeah, but this this is more of a... I get the spice, the cinnamon, the sugar. I'm there with you, and I was going to say, the attributes, though, that I've always found the most enjoyable, whether it be a GTS or a Junior, is more of those really dark rich tart-ish fruits like to me the good ones yeah there's some heat there and, and you know you're getting big boy whiskey but those layers that just kind of unfold of, of literally any medium to dark red purplish kind of fruit the, the tartness the the sugars are just so concentrated inside of them and inside that tartness that's what's always stood out to me is that's what makes this pour a winner yeah i would agree with you on that what do you get on the taste? I get some of that, but it's nowhere near, you know, visually. It's it's just not as as dark in the, the fruits and the sugars aren't as concentrated. There's still plenty of tart, but I'd say this could be more of a a green to red apple than, you know, some of your strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, whatever you want to think that just get more layered like that. And it is deeper. sweet. It's got that more sugary type Mm -hmm. fruit yeah and even though it's 15 years it doesn't show that to me at all really no it doesn't show as oaky or anything like that it it seems to me like it's a very balanced pour i don't get a lot of highs or lows on the you know the nose to the taste to the finish all the way through finish lingers nicely it's not dry it doesn't extend out it's a nice finish. It's enjoyable. It lingers just a little bit, but not a whole hell of a lot. Um, yeah. The sugars are sweeter. Yeah. What, I guess, hinders this p- the most is the label that's on it. If this was something else and it wasn't labeled George C. Stag, People think? would say different things. Yeah. But, you know, when, when you're in a business and, and part of your business is branding, and, I mean, how long have GTS has been out now? What, 03, 04, something like that? I don't I don't know. Long I, damn time. I know I've had the 04, <clears throat> and I mean, that one was great. I guess you could say uh, whenever this the juice in this bottle was distilled was probably roughly when the first one came out, maybe even before that. And so when you look at that, you know, legacy and tenure of, of what people have come to expect, you know, you just have to deliver a certain type of product if you're going to label it as that. I think that's really where the whole consumer perception or our market perception of it was like, hold on, whoa, whoa, what are you sending us? I mean, there hasn't even been a, a Stag Junior less than 120 that I'm aware of, maybe a 119 somewhere, but I'm not I'm not certain that even exists. I could be wrong, but... I don't think there's a Stag Jr. that is... I don't think there's one under 120. No. So, I mean, to me, me, that's the biggest not knock against the juice necessarily. But, you know, when you have a reputation for, well, this product is this. This is this. 
etc. Well, you've built that reputation. It, it's your job as the brand to deliver and continue that. You know, if you look at you know anything else in the world as far as you know consumer products, cars, clothes, etc. You know, your higher end upper echelon stuff is is known for being better, for lack of better words. This is a very good pour. I just think that people that are looking for a certain profile with stag, I think they're going to get caught up in the proof. But I think if you were to say, is this pour worth 150 bucks? I still think it is. I mean, it's a good pour. Yeah. I think where it gets a little more convoluted is, you know, there are people in secondary pages that do buy bottles to drink. The 2014 stack, I can't remember what it is now, but when it was 450 to me, it would have been worth 450 to buy that bottle to drink a second one. I thought the first one I had was that damn good. Yep. But then you run into the, well, because it's labeled as this, it commands this price, regardless of year, people's opinion, et cetera. And you, you just you simply say it's a fallacy in the markets. But I think that's where it really kind of drives more of a wedge into people is, hold on. I've had the past three, five years of, of stags. You're telling me there's only a $50 price point difference from the oldest to the most recent? Like, shit, I'll give you 50 or 100 more bucks for the one that I know is real good. Yeah. And I, I think I use it at least in that end of the year show analogy. But to me, really, I think of this year's you know GTS is simply kind of back when we had Booker's 30th. On its own, Booker's 30th was a really good pour. I mean, it was really enjoyable. Did a good job with it. Would I have ever thought of it or looked at it as a Booker's? No. I mean, Booker's is, you know, similar to most other, you know, stag type stuff. Big high proof, big bold release, you know, sometimes punch you right in the teeth. But if you have it side by side with a regular Booker's, I think that's where it gets hard, especially when you have that batch 12 of the stag this year and you have that side by side with this George C. Yeah. It's tough because you have a regular Booker's next to the 30th and you're like, and we did it blind. And then it's hard to sit there and go, I don't know if I could justify the price difference between the Booker's 30th and a regular Booker's. At the same time, it just so happens that Sazerac put out a hell of a stag junior. Yeah, back in the spring of 19. Earlier. 132.3. Yeah. And then you have this George T that is 116.9. You put them side by side, and you're like, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth it. One's $60, one's $150. If I'm going to save $90, maybe I want to go ahead and get that Stack Junior. But, you know, you got to figure, too, even though as big as they are, this is their biggest release. You know, once a year, these, these you know, few releases and, you know, labels, et cetera. You'd think at some point somebody would have, you know, thought like, hey, these are all sitting pretty low. Has anybody checked the proof? You know, did they ever use, uh, I can't say the word, right? Was it hygrometer or whatever it is to, to check proofs? The hydrometer? Hydrometer ground or something. You know, I'm not the smartest man, but. You are. You're a smart man. You're like Forrest Gump, except you're from Georgia, not Alabama. I did see something, though, on the, the random social medias today. It was like the meanest woman the last decade or something. Or maybe two ago. I don't know. Jenny. Jenny was, why? Because she used Forrest? <laughs> I just laughed. That was funny. Poor, poor Forrest. Um, but no, I mean, I don't know it, at what point you would or wouldn't if you were to start or, you know, check the proof of, you know, what's in the barrel. But I just feel like at some point somebody had been like, hey, has anybody else realized that this batch is going to be damn near probably an average of 20 proof points lower than what we've been known for the past 15 years? 
I mean, I don't know. You and I don't have that job or that role, but I mean, I feel like especially this isn't just, you know, a Buffalo Trace release or any of the other you know, normal products, quote unquote. It's the antique collection. Once you build up a certain reputation, it's on you to keep that going. I almost think, though, like you kind of get stuck, right? So it's kind of like we look at it and we're like, shoot, you know, we could either drop age or we could drop proof. All of a sudden you're like, well, which one are we going to drop? And if you're like, I get enough flavor, I'm just trying to play devil's advocate. No, here, I'm with right? you. I'm, 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 that's what I'm trying to think with you. And I feel like especially, you know, the age thing, they don't have the statements in the bottles anymore. They're on the paper. You got to work to find out how old it is. And everybody so. does with the B, you know, especially with the good folks at Breaking Bourbon that are putting out that whole fact sheet. I know, but I just still feel like age statements are getting more and more antiquated to consumers as a whole. Less and less guys are truly worrying about that. I mean, I feel like you're you're easily forty plus if you like your whiskey based on an age statement. I uh, yeah. I mean, you're getting there though, so you got to watch out. You're almost forty. Be changing the game up, son. <laughs> Like I said, I don't know. I just feel like, or if anything, you know, the flavor profile would have had to be there. Or maybe soften the blow by putting out one or two stack juniors that are lower proof just to kind of give, you know, folks a heads up of, hey, we got some lower proof stuff coming down the line. Well, it's almost like if you think about where like Rare Breed actually had that 16 year stuff in it to because they had it it's like do you almost wonder if you take some of this stuff that was 15 year and lower proof but you mix it in with some other stuff to get it out and then you actually go you might be a 14 year but you're actually getting over 130 proof i mean again age is just a number not not my biggest concern on a lot of these no i i don't think age is the big thing i think it's more of the proof. I, I mean, I think people expect George T. Stagg to always be the highest proof BTAC. Mm -hmm. And I think that is just the expectation going in. Well, I mean, last year, Handy was the highest. Just where, like, you know, people expect Alabama football to be good, Kentucky basketball to be good, Georgia football to always be number two. <laughs> I think people expect George T. Stagg to always... uh come in number one for proof yeah and again i mean as soon as it was announced that's the first thing all the boards were you know popping on with like it's what and i remember countless people were like well are we sure this labels like you know not you know some kind of phony or something they'll label at the bottom front that shows it and the first thing i thought was you can't be more than one or two people make a nine that looks that goofy yeah <laughs> i mean that that's no forgery no it is not that is an interesting looking nine. <laughs> and they wrote that on every single bottle. Exactly. I just think that if you were to overlook this bottle purely on proof, it would be a bad move because it still is a good pour. Am I bummed that it's not a higher proof considering what I expect from Stag? Sure. Is this still a great pour? Yeah. It's just not... A traditional stag that you would expect yeah and i mean and literally take this as, as honest and face value uh, i have no skin in the game and at no point do i expect anyone to see me on the boards gobbling these things up even at a lower price point but uh, i mean i do in a lot of ways hope that this release does not command as much and encourages more people to say you know f it for you know 100 150 bucks extra 
I'll just keep it and drink it. I'm not getting max profits here. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe that's going to force yeah, I mean, more like, people to drink it. Like that's what I wonder, and especially with the release presumably being bigger. You know, maybe folks get these and, you know what? Might as well drink the damn thing. Absolutely. On that note, we're not going to belabor the point. I mean, Zeke, what are you on this? Are you a buy or are you a bar or are you sitting this one out? Oh, I mean, at MSRP retail, it, it's a good pour. It's just that line of secondary versus retail. And especially if you put this up against previous releases and a very similar price point. <laughs> no, man. Retail, it's a buy for sure. I think once you get into the secondary realm, it's not that far off of where the other ones are. So it's like, okay, if I'm spending a certain amount of money for this, I'm probably going to go for a 2018, 2017 over the 2019 secondary. But if you get this retail and you have the shot of getting this retail, it's a great pour. Yeah. I mean, not to you know burst Tater Dean's bubble, but... This thing still kills almost all the foolproof picks I've had. <laughs> I would agree with you on that. <laughs> Zeke, did you know all of our glassware is provided by distilleryproducts.com? Sometimes you, you mention something about that. I know. And if you go into pretty much any distillery right now, you say, hey, where do you get your glassware? They're going to say distilleryproducts.com. Whether or not it is a Glen Karen or whether or not it's a Wiegland Karen, a Tua glass, a neat glass, whatever it is, they have it. They have decanters. They have all sorts of other stuff. They have koozies. They have the tumblers. Distilleryproducts.com, they have great laser-etched glassware and other products that distilleries use. Check them out. If you want me to get you in touch with them, send me a message. I'll make sure to make the connection. Zeke, people can find us on Instagram at Dad's Drinking Bourbon, Twitter at Bourbon Dads, Facebook at Dad's Drinking Bourbon. Find us wherever you download your podcast. Please leave an open and honest review, just like we leave open and honest reviews about the whiskey we drink. This whiskey was provided by ourselves, so thank you for me for buying it. Just as Zeke, I thank you for buying the William LaRue Weller with a broken cork. Zeke, where else could the folks find us? Getting three toothpicks and going fishing the night later, I guess. Cheers. Ciao. Ciao.